The following audio is from Norris Ferry Community Church. More information about Norris Ferry Community Church is available at norrisferrychurch.org. Well, good morning. It's good to be with you. My name is Jared Clary. I'm one of the pastors here. I'm over students and missions. And I'm excited to, to be with you this morning. If you have your Bible, then you can open it to Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. And I'm excited this morning, missions is, is one of my passions. I, I love to preach on missions. Any opportunity that I get, then I, I love it. And one of the things that you'll see in your chair is an envelope that looks like this. And this is an envelope for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. And if you didn't grow up in a Baptist world or Southern Baptist world, then you may not know anything about Lottie Moon. Or you're saying, who is that? Where is that? What is that? And what I want to do Today, is, is as we unpack Romans, I want to wrap it around um, this, this lady, Lottie Moon. And I want to begin to explain to you and show you how Lottie Moon lived out this passage. And I want to give us the opportunity, you may know, you may not know, that we as a church, as Norris Ferry, have always given to Lottie Moon. We gave through our budget. And so if you didn't come to a members meeting and see that budget that was approved and the amount that we gave towards Lottie Moon, then you may not have known that. And so this year what I wanted to do is, is I wanted to say, let's, let's bring that Lottie Moon offering out of our budget and let's give it a Sunday service. Let's explain who Lottie Moon is and why we should care and what this offering does and what it goes to. And, and so I want to tell you that Lottie, the Lottie Moon offering, 100% of that goes to missionaries on the field. It doesn't go to administrative costs. Those costs come through cooperative program giving and through other giving. 100% of what is given through Lottie Moon goes to missionaries on the field and to, to sending new missionaries, to keeping current missionaries on the field, to supplying those missionaries. You'll hear about that later of, of some different ways that that has happened with people that we know. And so 100% of what's given at the end of the service, you're going to have an opportunity to, uh, to put this in an offering plate. We're going to pass an offering plate today. And so it's a little abnormal from what we normally do. The offering plates are normally by the doors. Today we're going we're gonna to pass one. And part of the reason of that is, is to give you an opportunity to be a part of what God's doing around the world. That you get to be a part by, by giving to God's name being advanced around the globe. And so you can write a check to Norris Ferry Community Church. Um, and if you want to give cash, then you can just put that... In here, anything in, this, in an envelope, in the offering plate, will go towards Lottie Moon. And so also, if you're still like, well, I didn't bring my checkbook, or I'm praying about what I should give, there's going to be a box set out over here by, underneath the map in the foyer, and you can give through the middle of January to that. There will be envelopes there. You can just drop it in the box, um, and so you can give that way as well. But we're going to give you an opportunity to participate in giving towards the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. We have a goal this year with Norris Ferry to raise $25,000. Some of you are like, whoa, it's pretty ambitious. Um, Lottie Moon, since it began, has given, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering has, has been given, and it has an offering total of over a billion dollars, which is pretty incredible. That, that people believe in God's mission advancing to the ends of the earth. So I want to tell you a little bit about Lottie Moon, but first I want to read our text this morning. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says this. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, 
by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the opportunity to gather, the opportunity to encourage one another to to be what, what the scripture says, the body of Christ, to be the hands, the feet, the eyes, the ears, the noses, to make up a body to encourage one another. God, I pray that as we dive into your word, as we look at the life of Lottie Moon, Lord, that we would be challenged, that we would be encouraged, that we would be emboldened, that we would be inspired to go and to live the purpose that you have for us. That we would rest fully on the the abilities that you give us through your spirit to accomplish the tasks which you call us to. Lord, I pray that you would meet with us this morning. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So Charlotte Diggs Moon. She's better known as Lottie Moon. She was born December 12, 1840. She was one of five girls and two boys. She was born to an affluent Baptist family. They were staunchly Baptist. And they owned a plantation near Scottsville, Virginia. Lottie's dad passed away at an early age. And Lottie opposed the spiritual teaching that she was brought up under until her, until her older teen years. She used to ridicule it. She used to make fun of it. But then she went to a revival in which a, a theologian named John Broadus, who's a a name to be known among Southern Baptists. He became the president of Southern Seminary. But John Broadus was preaching a revival, and Lottie heard the gospel message, and she came to saving faith in Jesus Christ. Lottie's family valued education, and so following her salvation, she went on to be one of the first women to earn a master's from a Southern institution. In a time when women didn't really go on to elevated degrees, she became a first. She was brilliant. She was proficient in several languages. By the end of her life, she would be proficient in five. Her master's and elevated degrees were in Greek and Hebrew and Latin. She became a teacher, and she even started a school. In 1873, she heard a sermon preached about missions about that the harvest was plentiful, but the workers were few. During the invitation, she responded, and she went to the pastor, and it's quoted that she said, I have long known that the Lord was calling me to China. Lottie went with her sister as one of some of the pioneering women through the International Mission Board to China. And so she was a single woman. She left a career. She left a marriage proposal. She left family, she left wealth, she left security to follow God's call on her life. A call that was rooted in the word of God and would come to be tenacious in the face of hardship, despair, loneliness, and suffering. Lottie stayed in China amidst the Boxer Rebellion, amidst war and famine. She refused to evacuate danger or to take special treatment when those around her were suffering. Lottie is said to have been four foot three inches tall. That's little. But Lottie stood down persecution. She walked, one story says that 
She was going from the hospital in which she was running when all other missionaries had evacuated, and she said, no, I'm going to run the hospital. They need it. She was going back from that hospital to her home, and there was a war. And they said, Lottie, you can't go. There's a war going on. And she said, I'm going. The people need me back home. There's people here to run the hospital, and I'm going back home. A letter was sent to the two generals, and the generals, it's reported, called a ceasefire in order that Lottie could travel through. Lottie's the one who it said, or given that she said, I feel that I'm invincible until my time is done. She lived that way. Lottie's time did come. It was on a ship docked in a Japanese harbor. She was 72 years old. She had quite literally starved to death, refusing to eat and giving away her food and money to her friends in China who were starving of a famine. The missionaries, the missionary board contacted her and said, you've got to come home. There was a nurse who was coming back on furlough, and they sent her to go get Lottie, and they put her on the boat. And it was in that harbor that she passed away. It's reported that she folded her hands in the traditional Chinese style, and that she greeted her long past fellow believers that she had led to the Lord in Chinese, and then she passed away. It's reported that she was 50 pounds when she passed away. She served the people of China for 40 years in order that they might hear the gospel. There's so many other incredible details about the life of Lottie Moon. Every time I read about Lottie Moon, I'm challenged in the most uncomfortable of ways feel like a little kid on the playground that just got called out. I can be bold with my buddies, but when someone challenges me, I feel, whoa, i got to step up. And here's Lottie, this little four-foot-three bubble that sparkles wherever she goes, who challenges me, who steps on my comforts. And yet I hate it, but I'm drawn to it. A life with so much purpose, with full surrender, willing to lay her life down at all cost for the cause, that people might hear the name of Jesus and respond. She compels me, and yet I don't like it. Have you ever thought about the unique upbringing that brought you to your present existence? You know, the, where you were born, what state it was, what year it was, why you studied the degree you studied, why you made the connections you made. Have you ever wondered, why am I on this planet? Or what's my purpose in life? Have you ever thought about what in your past got you to the place where you are right now? You see, this morning, uh, what I want to look at in this Romans passage is, is I want to look at what the Scripture says our purpose is. How God uses the things in our past and our unique upbringing and our unique circumstances to put us in a place for His glory, for His purpose. If you've got your Bible, we're in Romans chapter 12, 1, and let's read this passage one more time. 
Paul says to the Romans, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. God's purpose for us is to worship him, living fully surrendered lives fueled by his mercy. Let me say it again. God's purpose for us is to worship him by living fully surrendered lives fueled by his mercies. So this morning, what I want to do is as we, as we unpack this verse is I want to give you three reminders about God's purpose for our life. Three reminders about God's purpose for our life. Number one, God's purpose is worship. God's purpose for our life is worship. It's at the end of this verse. Paul says, which is your spiritual act of worship? In the Garden of Eden, God created Adam and Eve to be worship partners. We're walking through Genesis. We haven't been there in a little bit, feels like. We'll get back there. January's coming. Uh, But we saw in Genesis that God nestled Adam and Eve in this garden in order that they might worship him. He created this garden, this environment for them, in order that they might worship him. In order that they might worship him and fill the earth with other worshipers of him. It was all about worship. But we know in Genesis that that didn't last. And earlier in the book of Romans, then Paul tells us that, that mankind is, has populated the earth with worshipers. They just don't worship God. They worship themselves. Paul says they worship creation rather than the creator. You see, every person on this planet is a worshiper. But are they worshiping the creator? Are they worshiping God? Or are they worshiping something else? God's purpose for our life is that we would worship him and that we would cultivate more worshipers of him. So what would this look like if we reoriented our whole life based on this? It might look like this. Well, I'm a worshiper of God and the best way that I know how to do that and to cultivate more worshipers with my gifts and my desires is as a pastor. Or maybe for you, it sounds like this. I'm a worshiper of God, and the best way I know how to do that and to cultivate more worshipers with my gifts and my abilities is as a stay-at-home mom. Or maybe it sounds like this. I'm a worshiper of God, and the best way I know to do that And to create more worshipers with my gifts and my abilities and my desires is as a doctor. Or I'm a worshiper of God and the best way I know to do that with with my gifts and my abilities to create more worshipers is as a businessman or woman working in a secular field. You see... God created us to worship and he's placed us in all of these different areas and he's given us different gifts and abilities in order that we might use them for his glory. To be worshipers of him and to cultivate more worshipers. Listen to the words of Lottie Moon. She says this, Should we not press it home upon the conscience that the sole object of our conversion was not the salvation of our own souls, 
but that we might become co-workers with our Lord and Master in the conversion of the world. One pastor said it like this, that there's a spiritual cyclone in which God sucks us in in order that he might send us out. God saved you in order that you might become a co-laborer in creating more worshipers. Lottie goes on to say this, one cannot ask, help asking sadly, why is love of gold more potent than the love of souls? The number of men mining and prospecting for gold in Shangdong is more than double the number of men representing Southern Baptists. Oh, what a lesson for Southern Baptists to ponder. She said, oh, people will give themselves to such lesser causes like success and money, prestige, but oh, to win souls for Christ. See, Lottie Moon was a worshiper of God and she gave her life to cultivate more worshipers of God. Is your life purpose to worship God? Is it to cultivate others to worship God? What would it look like for you to reorient your whole life around that? But how do we do this? Well, Paul tells us in this passage, let me read it again. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. God's appeal is surrender. God's purpose is that we worship. God's appeal for our life is that we surrender. A living sacrifice. A living sacrifice is willing to lay everything down. It's not out of compulsion. I think of the great C.S. Lewis books, The Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. When Aslan goes to the stone table, a living sacrifice. In the book that C.S. Lewis talks about the children looking on from, from their hiding spot and they see Aslan, the great and mighty lion. And they see him willingly walk to the table. They see his self-control when he doesn't fight back or resist when they punish him, when they shave his mane, when they beat him and torture him. But the captivating nature of Aslan is only really seen in that it points us to the true king. Jesus Christ, who came from heaven down to earth, who said, I lay my life down, they don't take it from me, who used the self-control willingly going to the cross, a living sacrifice, in order that all who come to him, that all who believe would be saved. You see, he laid his life down in order that others might live. In a letter to her friend, Lottie Moon said, I'm holding on. After more than 11 years of work at considerable risk of permanent injury to health, yet I must not leave until others are here to take over the work. Please say to the new missionaries that are coming to a life of hardship, responsibility, and constant self-denial, they must live the greater part of the time in Chinese houses in close contact with people. They will be alone in the interior and will need to be strong and courageous. If the joy of the Lord be their strength, 
the blessedness of the work will more than compensate for its hardships. Let them come, rejoicing to suffer, for the sake of the Lord and Master who freely gave his life for them. You see, God calls us to surrender. Jesus was abundantly clear that if you want to hold on to your life and your rights and you want to manage them for yourself, you will lose everything. But if you lose it all and if you surrender it all for his sake and for the gospel, he will save you and you will have eternal life. But it's not just Lottie Moon. It's not just Paul. You see, we read these lives of Lottie Moon and these other missionaries and these other people and we think, yeah, them. But I want you to watch this video. I want you to see a few more just normal people who have seen God's purpose that they should worship Him and create worshipers and who have heard God's appeal to surrender all, to become a living sacrifice. Watch this video of Larry and Sally Pepper. Well, Larry and Sally Pepper are team members with our own Maggie Hickson. Maggie is serving in Kigoma, Tanzania, as an IMB missionary. She was a committed member here at Norris Ferry while she was in med school. She then moved to Houston for her residency, and then she moved to Tanzania to run the pediatric wing. It's a brand new wing of the hospital that a church had built. And she went there to run it. As I was talking with Maggie this week, then she said this. She said, my primary job is to strive to show the love of Jesus by caring for children in the newly built pediatric ward of the hospital. My goal is to expose the families to the gospel as much as possible while they are admitted. You see, for Maggie, the life of surrender looked like going to Kigoma, Tanzania. God worked in her past through her passions and her desires that she would worship God and that she would be compelled by the purpose of God to create worshipers. That she would walk away from income, status, family to live in Kigoma, to become part of God's plan in taking the gospel to the people who have never heard Maggie talked about the, the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, and she said, I love the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. It's what provides me the house I live in. It's what provides me the car I drive to be able to take the gospel to these people. She said, without it, I wouldn't be here. But where does this desire and willingness to continually surrender come from? What makes up a Lottie Moon? What makes up a Larry and Sally Pepper? What makes up a, a Maggie Hickson? What is it that, that sustains them and motivates them? Well, it's this third point of God's provision is his mercies. To read our text again, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. I believe that the mercies of God that Paul is talking about here is best understood in the context of chapter 11, verse 32, which says that for God has consigned to all 
disobedience, that he may have mercy on all. Mercy is that I don't get what I fully deserve. Everything we receive from the Lord is mercy and grace. God is merciful even to the wicked, sending the rain on the just and the unjust, as the scripture says, giving the wicked time to repent and to turn away from their sin. I need this reminder that I will not stand before the Lord and have claim to any success, any accomplishment, any prestige, or any credit. I will stand before the Lord solely based on his mercy towards me. See, my breath and life are mercy. My abilities and intellect are mercy. I didn't pick the family I was born to, the country in which I was raised, or the day on which I will die, and I didn't pick the opportunities in which I heard the gospel. Those are all God's mercies. But more than all of that, God is merciful to send his only son to save a wretch like me. And he's merciful to enable and empower me through his spirit to present my body as a living sacrifice of worship to him. You see, I'm no longer a slave to sin because of the spirit of God, which enables me by his mercy to die to sin and live to Christ. You see, God provides mercy. We didn't need, God provides the mercy we need to continually, each day, offer our bodies as living sacrifices of worship. Listen to this message that Maggie spent, sent specifically to Norris Ferry. She says this, I can't begin to express my love for y'all. NFCC provided exactly what I was so desperate for during medical school a safe place to grow in his word in such a loving community. I had never really experienced that before. I had the privilege of getting to know and learn from so many with compassionate hearts who serve with such humility. Some days here are full of joy, and some days are just hard and frustrating. But it's so encouraging to know that there are such faithful followers of Jesus who are praying through all of the ups and downs and for God to further his kingdom here in such a region of darkness. I really don't think I've ever before experienced such spiritual warfare. So prayers are so important to our work. You are all playing a part of what the Lord is doing here. The body of Christ becomes part of the mercies of God. As we become a body and as we care for one another. We are part of the mercies of God, which is extended to one another. God is redeeming and restoring a people and a planet for his glory. And he's invited us to take part in his plan. God's purpose for us is to worship him by living fully surrendered lives, fueled by his mercy. One way that you can do that is with that envelope in your chair. In 1887, Lottie Moon wrote to the Foreign Mission Journal and proposed that the week before Christmas be established as the time for giving to foreign missions. Here's what she said. Is it not the festive season when families and friends exchange gifts in memory of the gift laid on the altar of the world for the redemption of the human race? 
and most appropriate time to consecrate a portion from abounding riches and scant poverty to send forth the good tidings of great joy into all the earth. Lottie Moon was a, was a champion of the cause that God is worth being worshipped and that our purpose is to worship him and to create more worshipers of him by laying our life fully down, surrendering all, fueled by his mercy. In 1888, the first Christmas offering was taken and a total of $3,315 was raised. It was enough to send three missionaries to China. Lottie said this, the needs of these people press upon my soul and I cannot be silent. It's grievous to think of these human souls going down to death without even one opportunity of hearing the name of Jesus. Once more, I urge upon the conscience of my Christian brethren and sisters the claims of these people among whom I dwell. Here I am working alone in a city of many thousand inhabitants with numberless villages clustered around or stretching away in the illuminate distance. How many can I reach? In 1918, the WMU named the offering after the woman who urged them to start it. And so, we participate in the Lottie Moon Christmas offering this year. There's some men who are going to come. We're going to pass an offering plate. And anything in those missions envelopes will go to Lottie Moon. If you still need to pray or you didn't bring offering or you want to just ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to give? And you need time, you can drop it in a box throughout the week. You can bring it next Sunday. There's going to be a box out there all throughout January. You can write the check to Norris Ferry, put Lottie Moon in the memo. But we want to be a part of what God's doing. To say, I'm a worshiper of God and the best way I know how to do that with my gifts and abilities is in being able to give and being able to go. I don't want you to give out of compulsion. I want you to give out of a life surrendered. Saying, God, it's all yours. What do you want me to do with it? Let me pray for us. God, we thank you for Lottie Moon, an ordinary lady that you drew to yourself, that you did incredible things through. You used her in extraordinary ways, and you're continuing to do that. God, we pray that, that you would do the same in us. God, as just ordinary people, that you would use us in extraordinary ways as we surrender fully to you. We say, God, whatever it is, I've surrendered it all. Whatever it is, wherever it is, however it is, God, I'm willing. God, and I'm, I'm depending on your mercies to fuel me. God, we want to be a part of your purpose. God, would you move in us that we might live in such a way that points others to you, that we would fully worship you and we would point others to create more worshipers. You're worthy of it all. Pray that you'd bless this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Thank you for listening to audio from Norris Ferry Community Church located in Shreveport, Louisiana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Norris Ferry Community Church, please visit us online at norrisferrychurch.org.